Hello everyone, and welcome to Exploring Middle Earth. Welcome. All PILFs. All PILFs. And everyone. I don't think, have we decided what the P stands for in PILFs? Uh, or pe people? Oh. People. What the F stands for, sorry. What oh, the F stands for I can't remember. Well, okay, what's the whole, it's people. People I like to... I don't know, dude. People I like to... F fart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we never really thought. Welcome it to exploring Middle Earth, <laughs> Pilfs. People, I'd like to friend. You know what? We'll leave a poll up, and you yeah. guys can put what the F should be. And Grant and I will also try to come up with a good F word. <laughs> and then uh, we'll try to come up with a good word to do that. And then we'll next week we'll have a final decision. People, I like to forever. For people, I like to forever. No, just forever. Like, oh. don't. People I like forever. I don't know. Oh, yeah, because you don't have to do the T. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> People welcome. I like forever. Uh, welcome. Yeah, welcome to Exploring Middle Earth. Like I said, my name's Jay. The other voice you hear is Grant. Welcome. It's a Tolkien expert. Um, today we're talking, we're going um, based off of our last episode, which was about the beginning of time in Middle Earth, yeah. or Arda. Yeah. We're talking about the Valar, which is... Um, you should, if you haven't listened to episode 52, which is one before this, which talks about the whole story of it. Yeah. The all I, that happened. I knew Lindale. Yeah. And so now we're going to go into specifically the Valar and Maiar and who they were, who each one of them were and what they did. So Grant's going to start us off with a little something. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to just introduce like, not the characters, but who the Valar and the Maiar are. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, so the Valar, uh, we talked about last episode, the Ainur, the, those are the angelic beings that Eru Iluvatar, the god of the universe basically, created so that they could sing his music, which made into existence all of the things of the universe. That's as simple as I could probably put it. So yeah. these Valar and Maiar are the Ainur that chose to live on the world of Arda, once it was created. So there's still Ainur that live in the void with Eru Iluvatar, but then these ones, the Valar and Maiar, are the only ones who came to live on Earth, basically, Middle-earth. Yeah. So the Valar are known as the powers of the world. Like I said, they're the ones who decide to live in Arda, and they, um, they also wanted to go down to Arda to help shape it and prepare it for the coming of the children of Iluvatar, the elves and men. Um, because they saw in the visions of the music that they had made what it was to be like, so they wanted kind of to have a hand in that. Mm -hmm. And so the name Vala, which is singular of Valar, Valar is a plural, uh, means angelic power, so pretty self-explanatory there, in the Quenya language. So uh, they took the forms that were similar to elves that they saw in the visions, and they were called gods and goddesses by the men of Middle-earth. So that's basically what you can see them as. Um, but Tolkien didn't really want them to be considered gods and goddesses they were yeah. just more like angels basically mm -hmm. um the Maiar were also very similar but they were just lesser power lesser in power than the valar um and then the singular version of that would be maya like the girl's name but yeah. just spelled differently um and but they were more numerous than the valar and they were also more likely to interact with the peoples of middle earth um, and their name meant the beautiful in Quenya. And it's also worth noting that Melkor uh, slash Morgoth was the first Dark Lord. He was technically a Valar, one of the powers of the world, and one of the most powerful. Yeah. But because 
yeah, obviously he turned evil once he came to Arda and decided he wanted to rule it for himself. Bruh. <laughs> oh, wait. Wow. There it is. <laughs> Instead of sharing the responsibility with everyone else, um, he basically got booted from the the society, I guess you could call Booted. Boo. Booted. So, wait, we're, you were going to talk about... The high ones. Yeah, yeah, okay. So Jay's going to start us off with kind of who the main like core group of the Vala are, and then we're going to get into all the characters. Just kind of brief little things, what they did, their names, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We'll go. Okay, so, yeah, I'm going to talk about the high ones of Arda, and this is not just people who are stoned. Yeah. These are powerful people. Oh, yeah. So the... Um, the high ones were um, the greatest of the Valar. They uh, were known by multiple names. Well, the high ones, then the Aratar. Um, yeah. The Mahani. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. I can't see the word, so. Sure. M-A-H-A-N-I. Mahani. Yeah, that seems right. That d- that's like another one that doesn't really sound like a Tolkien word. Mahani. Yeah. I was talking about that in the last episode. There's yeah. a word, uh, Mahanaxar, which mm-hmm. is... Uh, I don't know. That's where they had their thrones, I think. And mm-hmm. it was like their court, basically, where they had all their judgments and stuff. Yeah. And it, yeah, that definitely relates to the word Mahani. So, yeah. So, uh, or just the eight. Um, so the Valor were <laughs> the eight. The eight. Um, they were Manwe, Varda, Olmo, Yvana, Aule, Mandos. Ah, oh, shoot. What did you. Nenia? Niena. Niena yeah. and Orme. Uh, the I-E in that I-E. word, in all Niena. Elvish words, is Ia. Niena. Yeah. Okay. Because I's, I's are most always pronounced E instead of like I or I. Mm-hmm. So it's always Ia. Niena. 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 Yeah. Elvish has some weird stuff in it. Yeah. So uh, uh, though Manway was held to be the high king of Arda, um, the eight were held in equal reverence. Um, so there were... There were part of the high ones weren't all equally powerful but they were uh revered yeah. equally uh and they were said to possess a majesty that possess or possessed <laughs> surpassed <laughs> even the other valar um but interestingly the um the high ones there was originally nine of them uh which included morgoth but yeah. he was removed uh from the order during and after his re- rebellion because they're like we can't have this this guy's a train wreck we can't have him on the <laughs> on here yeah but yeah so that's what i have for the high ones yeah so now we're going to get into all of them so jay just mentioned the eight most powerful obviously manway being the most powerful of all of them um and we're going to start with manway um in the silmarillion there is a chapter called the valaquenta which is the account of the valar and it literally talks about all we're talking about today so so uh, you could yeah so you if could. you don't want to listen to this podcast you can just read a book um, yeah but we are i am going to read basically there's like a paragraph on each one of them yes sir um or like a little section on each one of them so i'm just going to read those passages and then kind of explain it in a little more detail um so i guess some of them go together like in the, they're in the same paragraph so this one is Manway and Varda they are husband and wife they're married to each other yeah. and they are considered so Manway is the most powerful of the Valar and Varda's also like she's like basically second and she they're considered like the king and queen of the Valar basically yeah um yeah so yes sir <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> sorry we're not going to uh, here we go um 
kind of skipping a sentence about Melkor. And then Manwe is dearest to Iluvatar and understands most clearly his purposes. He was appointed to be, in the fullness of time, the first of all kings, lord of the realm of Arda and ruler of all that dwell therein. In Arda his delight is in the winds and the clouds, and all, in all the regions of the air, from the heights to the depths, from the utmost borders of the vale of Arda and the breezes that blow in the grass. Sulimo he is surnamed, lord of the breath of Arda. All swift birds, strong of wing, he loves, and they come and go at his bidding. Sounds like me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with Manwe dwells Varda, lady of the stars, who knows all the regions of Ea. Too great is her beauty to be declared in the words of men or of elves, for the light of Iluvatar lives still in her face. In light is her power and her joy. Out of the deeps of Ea she came to the aid of Manwe, for Melkor she knew from before the making of the music and rejected him, and he hated her and feared her more than all others whom Eru made. Manwe and Varda are seldom parted, and they remain in Valinor. Their halls are above the everlasting snow upon Oyalase, the uttermost tower of Taniquatil, tallest of all the mountains upon earth. Um, oh, I was, <laughs> I was trying to decide if I want to read the rest, yeah. but there's a little bit more. Um, when Manwe there ascends his throne and looks forth, if Varda is beside him, he sees further than all other eyes through mist and through darkness and over the leagues of the sea. And if Manwe is with her, Varda hears more clearly than all other ears the sound of voices that cry from east to west, from the hills and the valleys, and from the dark places that Melkor has made upon earth. Of all the great ones who dwell in this world, the elves hold hold, <laughs> geez, hold Varda most in reverence and love. Elbereth, they name her, and they call upon her name out of the shadows of Middle Earth and uplift it in song in the rising in the stars at the rising of the stars. Nice. So Manwe Varda, basically power couple, mm-hmm. you know, dream team right there. Yeah. Um, Jay Z and Beyonce, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they work really well together. You know, you already know. Um, Manwe was the basically king of the Vala, lord of the skies, wind and birds, and all of the great eagles of Middle-earth were basically his servants. Um, yeah, and so Manwe was also the one most readily to per- perceive mm-hmm. uh, Eru's mind, so he kind of knew what was going on in Middle-earth most of the time. Yeah, uh, yeah married to Varda, rolled a man together, like I said, power couple. Mm-hmm. Um and Manwe was also not prideful, and he didn't even understand the concept of evil and how one could be evil, um, and therefore he could not commit evil. Um, and he also did not understand why his brother, because that's kind of what they were, uh, Melkor, wanted to control the world for himself. Um, he's just all-around good guy. Yeah, he's a real good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah! Uh, he's described as having robes that were blue like the sky or like sapphires, which is kind of cool, too. Because blue is my favorite color. Oh, that's cool. Um, he cared very deeply for the children of Ru, elves and men, but especially the elves. And he was also the one who asked for the sun and the moon to be made by Aule so that the men and elves could see in Middle-earth after Melkor destroyed the trees. It is said at the end of the days during the final battle, the Dagor Dagorath, which is the Battle of Battles. Battle of Battles. Pretty cool. Uh, Manwe will battle against Melkor, and though they won't slay each other, Manwe will have the upper hand and win. His other names are Sulimo, which is Quenya for uh, breather or Lord of the Breath of Arda, like I said. Uh, Manawenus, which is Valarin. I don't know what that means. It just looks like it's a translation of Manwe. Um, Aran Anior, which means Elder King in Sindarin. Um, Aman, which is uh, not the name for the land, but 
just a name for him in a different language. Um, Wolkenfreya, which is Ooh. Old English, and this comes from the history of Middle Earth um, when there was a lot of Old English stuff going on uh, mm-hmm. with Tolkien, <laughs> and it means Sky Ruler, and it was a name probably given to him by the Northmen of Rohirrim because they also spoke Old English. So, yeah, Wolkenfreya or Wolkenfreya. That's pretty cool. And then his wife, Varda, Lady of the Stars and Lights. Um, Melkor hated her because she, she saw she saw through his lies. Um, so they did not like each other. And she turned him down. Yeah, basically. She rejected him. And not, then he became, or she became his sister-in-law. Technically. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Kind of technically. Yeah, he got friend-zoned. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. And then his brother stole his girl. Yeah, oof. 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 Watch out. Wow, <laughs> uh, During the spring of Arda, she filled the lamps with lights, and then when the two trees of Valinor were made, she kept vats of their light. So she mm-hmm. just loved light. Yeah. When Feanor made the Silmarils, she hollowed them and blessed them, basically made them holy, not hollowed, like carved a hole. Put holes in them. Yeah. Um, she also made all of the stars and the constellations for the elves to see, and one of the constellations was the Sickle of the Valar, which is our... Orion's belt oh, and nice. it was made as a warning to Melkor in the north um, of the wrath of the Valar and she also helped with the creation of the sun and moon obviously because they're lights yeah um, her other names were uh, Gilthoniel Elbereth or Elbereth Gilthoniel <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well you hear a lot of the elves and uh, like Frodo says that a lot in like the Lord of the Rings um, that is Varda that they're talking about and it's Sindarin for star kindler star queen which is kind of cool um and it was a cognate of quenya elentari tintale which i like that name better she also had the name fenuelos which meant snow white or ever white in Sindarin, um avradi and numenorian ire tari which meant holy queen in quenya and here anun the lady of the west in Sindarin. Cool names. Um, now moving on, we've got some other big hitters. We've got some big swingers over here. Got some here. sluggers. Yeah, we got some sluggers, man. We got people batting over five hundred. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. Is that good? Yeah, <laughs> I don't watch baseball <laughs> enough to know the stats. Yeah, five hundred's good. I'm pretty sure. You okay. know, don't quote me on it. Gotcha. Um, we've got Olmo, which is oh no, one word oh, away from no. Elmo. Mm. This is the text in the Silmarillion. Olmo is the Lord of Waters. He is alone. <laughs> oh, no. That's just, that's great. Yeah. He dwells nowhere long, but moves as he will in all the deep waters about the earth or under the earth. He is next in might to Manwe, and before Valinor was made, he was closest to him in friendship. But thereafter, he went seldom to the councils of the Valar, unless great matters were in debate. For he kept all Arda in thought and he has no need of any resting place. Moreover, he does not love to walk upon land, and will seldom clothe himself in a body after the manner of his peers. If the children of Aru beheld him, they were filled with great dread, for the arising of the king of the sea was terrible, as a mounting wave that strides to the land, with dark helm foam-crested and a raiment of mail shimmering from silver down into shadows of green. The trumpets of Manwe are loud, but almost voices deep as the deeps of the ocean which only he has seen. Um, and there's more about it, but it's mostly just about music yeah. and ocean. So, um, but yeah, his power runs through like all the rivers and the oceans and stuff. So he like news travels to him quickly and like, that's kind of like his spy network basically. Yeah. 
Manway has the Eagles, but he has water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Water's everywhere. So, uh, yeah, so he was uh, Lord of the Waters, third in command basically after Manway and Varda, but second most powerful after Manway. Um, he hardly left the deep seas where he made his home. However, he probably, um, other than Manway, he probably cared most for the men and elves, um, and he would also aid them a lot when he could and kind of pushed them in the right direction, yeah. you could say. He's a good guy. Um, like Tuor and um, Finrod and Turgon. So mm-hmm. those are good examples of him kind of interfering a little bit. Um, and let's see. Oh, Although Manwe was close, this is part of the paragraph I didn't read, so I'll just explain it here. Although Manwe was closest to Aru's thoughts, Alma was the most instructed in the music of the Ainur, and he knew much of what was to come. Alma was against the elves coming to Valinor, and wanted them to rule themselves in vast Middle Earth, and he was in the minority in that ruling. I think I can't remember who else. It might have been Mondos, one of the other Valar, who didn't want the elves to come because mm-hmm. they kind of saw through it. Um, he was also in the minority of the Valar, along with Tulkas, who distrusted Melkor when he was first allowed to live freely in Valinor after his banishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, other names were the King of the Sea, Lord of the Waters, Dweller of the Deep, Olo Balls, which is Valaran. Olo um, Balls? Yeah, Olo Balls, man. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought you were going to hit us. <laughs> I, I, hit I hit it, it, but I was on the wrong tab, so it uh, just... Put an A in my <laughs> document somewhere. Um, in earlier writings, like the history of Middle Earth, he was also called Galma, mm. uh, Ilmir. Ilmir. And per the history of Middle Earth, Garsikes Freya. I don't know how to speak Old English hey, very well. You know better than me. Uh, which means ocean ruler in Old English. Or ocean uh, man. Ilwater Freya, which means all waters ruler. And this is a long one. Okay. Egen Freya Elrey El. <laughs> El Rey Watera, meaning owning lord of all waters. Yeah! Proud of you for that one, Grant. Thanks, you did man. it, dude. Uh, also, according to the history of Middle Earth, he did have a palace at the bottom of the sea, which kind of goes against the Silmarillion, which said he didn't mm-hmm. really stay anywhere. And he had a palace at the bottom of the sea that was called Olmonen. 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 Watch your profanity. <laughs> Olmonen on my haters. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, next we have, oh, I shut my book, which oh. I didn't need to do. Um, bear with me. Bear with me just for a second. Okay. Next we have the Vala Aule, and then his wife also, Yavana. She'll be mentioned here. Here we go. Aule has might little less than Almo. His lordship is over all substances of which Arda is made. In the beginning, he wrought much in fellowship with Manwe and Almo, and the fashioning of all lands was his labor. He is a smith and a master of all crafts, and he delights in works of skill however small, as much as in the mighty building of old. His are the gems that lie deep in the earth and the gold that is fair in the hand, no less than the walls of the mountains and the basins of the sea. The Noldor learned most of him, and he was ever their friend. Melkor was jealous of him, and for Aule was most like himself in thought and in powers, and there was long strife between them, in which Melkor ever marred or undid the works of Aule, and Aule grew weary in repairing the tumults and disorders of Melkor. Both also desired to make things of their own that should be new and unthought of by others, and delighted in the praise of their skill. But Aule remained faithful to Aru, and submitted all that he did to his will, and he did not envy the works of others, but sought and gave counsel. Whereas Melkor spent his spirit in envy and hate, until at last he could make nothing save in mockery of the thought of others, and all their works he destroyed if he could. 
And then we'll go into Yavanna real quick. The spouse of Ale is Yavanna, the giver of fruits. She is the lover of all things that grow in the earth, and all their countless forms she holds in her mind. From the trees like towers and forests long ago, to the moss upon stones, or the small and secret things in the mold. In reverence, Yavanna is next to Varda, among the queens of the Valar. In the form of a woman, she is tall and robed in green, but at times she takes other shapes. Some there are who have seen her standing, like a tree under heaven, crowned with the sun, and from all its branches there spilled a golden dew upon the barren earth, and it grew green with corn. But the roots of the tree were in the waters of Olmo, and the winds of Manwe spoke in its leaves. Kementari, queen of the earth, she is surnamed in the Eldarin tongue. So that's mm-hmm. cool. I like Yvonne too. She's cool. Yeah. I think it's funny that in those paragraphs, when Tolkien's describing them, he's like, this person's like really good and does all this stuff. And then Milkor's the worst. He's the opposite. He's the opposite. He's bad. <laughs> Milkor's the worst, dude. Basically, Ale tried. Wow, dude. <laughs> Ale tried to do everything right. Melkor was so bad. He tried messing everything up. He's the worst. Um, so yeah, a little bit more about him. Ale was the Lord of Crafts and Stone and Mountains and making things, and he was also the father of the dwarves. We talked oh, about yeah. that in a previous episode. Swing, swing. Yeah. Uh, he helped tremendously in the making of Arda and all of its lands, and he found joy in making new things. He was excited for the coming of the elves and other children, but he could not wait to teach all he knew, so he devised, he devised the creation of the dwarves. Eru was furious that Ale attempted to create life as only he could. We talked about this last episode, too, with the... The imperishable the, flame. Uh, imperishable. Flame moon, perishable yeah. or whatever. Yeah, both. Whatever you want to say. Um, but, yeah, so Eru was furious that Ale attempted to create life as only he could, but he had mercy on the dwarves when he saw that they felt fear and emotions and then granted them a conscience. A uh, very good guy. Um, yeah. Ale also aided in the creation of the lamps and the sun and the moon, and he was also the teacher of many Noldors, such as Feanor's father-in-law, Matan, Matan. as well as some Maiar, like Myron and Kurumo. Um, he also made Angainor, which was the great chain that held Melkor during his exile and capture. He was most like Melkor in characteristic and lordship, both devising new creations, and because of that, they were always at war with one another. His name appears to be an ancient form of Quenya, meaning invention, and was devised from Velar and Azules. Other names were Mahal, which is the dwarven word, Kuzdul, for the maker, and they kind of revered Aule as their god, even though they knew like uh, Eru Iluvatar was God, but yeah. Aule was their maker. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also called Navatar, which meant dwarf father in Quenya. And in older versions of the Noldoran language, he was called Gaul, like G-A-U-L, which is like an old name for France, isn't it? Or something like that. Yeah, Or it was so. Spain. It's um, something over there. Yeah. Or Baragal, as well as Barthan, which meant world artificer. In Old English, he was called Kreft Freya, which meant craft ruler. So, arts and crafts. (laughs) Uh, And then there was Yavanna, his wife. Uh, She was the second queen, basically. Uh, Lady of nature and harvest, I guess you could could say she was Mother Nature, basically. Uh, She was responsible for all things that grew on earth, from the animals to the moss on rocks to the great trees. Great. Um, I also like the image that she is... um, Sometimes depicted as like a tree. That's cool, yeah. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool, um, which makes sense because she is basically the mother of the Ents. Uh, she was the wife of Aule and his dwarves, and crafting was always against the living things of hers that it consumed for the sake of making new things. 
She was the mother of the Ents and the Entwives, the shepherds of the trees who protected her most precious creations. She planted the first seeds on Arda during the spring of Arda and caused everything to grow and become green. And she hated Melkor for poisoning her creations. He was the worst. Yeah, he was the worst. <laughs> so she, he basically did everything opposite of her, too. Yeah. After the lamps were destroyed by Melkor, she sang a song while Nienna wept, and those two things gave birth to the two trees of Valinor. From the two trees came a fruit and a flower, which eventually became the sun and moon. Uh, some of her most notable servants were Melian and Iwendil, who we'll talk about later. They are Maiar. And her name... Ah, jeez. Hey, you're all good, man. Her name, Yovana, meant giver of fruits. She was also called Kementari, like I said, queen of the earth. And other names include Ivan. <laughs> Ivan. It's a <laughs> I... Russian. Yeah, I-V-O-N. So it might be more like Yvonne. Yvonne. Which is a cognate of Yavanna, and it is seen in the month of Ivaneth, named after her, which is a Sindarin word. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So those are basically those are five big ones. There's <laughs> there's also a few others of the high ones that we mentioned that Jay will now get into. Yeah. I'm, so take, I'm, I'm taking a break. From okay, Polka. Grant's taking a break, and I'm hopping in. Yeah. Um. So I'm just going to finish up the Valar, the high ones of the Valar, not all the Valar. Uh, fo- so first, I'm going to do the same thing with, as Grant did, uh, read their section in the Silmarillion. Uh, so first we're going to start with Mandos in Vari. Uh, Mandos is also named Namo. Uh, yeah. so that's how he's referred to in uh, this chapter. Uh, so Namo, the elders, the elder dwells in Mandos, uh, which is westward in Valinor. He is the keeper of the house of the dead and summoner of the spirits of the slain. He forgets nothing and knows all things that shall be, save only those that lie still in the freedom of Luvatar. He is the doomsman of the Valar, but he pronounces his dooms and his judgments only at the bidding of Manwe. Vari, the weaver, is his spouse who weaves all things in, that have ever been in time into her storied webs in the halls of Mandos ev- that ever widen as the age pass our clothes with them so mandos was the valor responsible for the judgment of the spirits um or the fea um of all the elven dead um so he's kind of like emo because yeah. his job is to uh decide what happens to the dead elves yeah um he was also or er, he also had the responsibility of pronouncing the dooms and judgments of uh eru iluvatar under manwe so he uh uh, got stuck with the dooms and judgments, so the bad stuff that yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, his uh, real name was Namo, Namo, N-A-M-O, but uh, was called Mandos by the elves, uh, because of the ha- the halls of Mandos. Uh, so the elves weren't really creative, and they're like, "Oh, he lives in Mandos. We'll call him Mandos." <laughs> um. But yeah, so he was the sixth greatest of the lords of the Valar and fifth greatest of the High Ones. Um, and then his wife Vari was the weaver. Um, so she was responsible for weaving the story of the world. She's uh, weaving. She's yeah. knitting. Yeah, so she's kind of like a, she's kind of like a historian uh, record keeper. Oh, nice. And she uh, keeps the records of all that happens um, in the halls of Mandos. And it's ever widening because more stuff's happening. Um, so I also have the extra name or the other names of them, but, uh, I can promise the other names, but I can't promise the correct pronunciations. (laughs) Uh, but I, so Mandos, uh, means prison fortress, which 
the Halls of Mandos, but that's also the name of him. Yes. Um, uh, it stems from Mandost, uh, that ends in ST, um, Castle of Custody, um, his real name, Namo, which means ordainer or judge in Quenya. Um, in Old English, uh, Mandos' Nefreya means corpse ruler. Uh, from Neo, corpse, and Freya, lord. Uh, his na- or his title is Neorana Halford. Or Hulford. I'm having a hard time pronouncing H-L-A. Yeah, the... <laughs> Halaford. Halaford. Yeah, the Old English stuff is hard. <laughs> yeah, so which means the master of the houses of the dead. Uh, he was also called... Morin Mondo, uh, the Dark Mondo. I don't know who the Light Mondo That's was. Oh, it just says that Manway, <laughs> which is the Light Mondo. Hmm. So yeah, because uh, he is like kind of like the opposite of Manway, but like in a good way, not like in a Melkor way. <laughs> yeah. um, in in Tolkien's early works, his name was v- Venfatur. Venfatur. Um, Vari had some other names too. Um, well, so Vari means weaver, um, and it was, uh, derived from the primitive Quenyan word named Weary, hmm. W-E-I-R-E, uh, which is way, which means weaver wind, and her Noldoran name is Gwir, uh, G-W-I-R, which means net or web. Cool. Um, so now we're going to move on to, uh, Irmo, uh. And Este. Um, Irmo the Younger is the master of visions and dreams. In Lorien are his gardens in the land of the Valar, and they are the uh, fairest of all the places in the world, filled with many spirits. Este the Gentle, healer of the hurts and weariness, is his spouse. Gray is her remnant, and the rest is her gift. Uh, She walks not by day, but sleeps upon an island in the tree-shadowed lake of Lorien. Uh, Lorien. Uh... From the fountains of Irmo and Este, all those who dwell in Valnor draw refreshment, and often the Valar come themselves to Lorien, and there find repose and easing of the burden of Arda. So, um, uh, Irmo, which is also, he's also just called Lorien, Lorien because of where he is, uh, just like Mandos. Where um, else have you heard the word Lorien? Um, well, it's in Lord of the Rings, but yeah. I can't remember. Lothlorien. Lothlorien, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Probably um, named after him. Yeah, maybe. So, Lorien, also known as Irmo, was uh, the Valo responsible for creation of dreams and desires, as well as visions. Um, uh, and he is the brother of Mandos. Um, and uh, it's... In, is he's kind of he's kind of like Vari, where she creates a web of all that's happened, but he creates a garden of everybody's dreams and desires. That's pretty cool. Um, and maybe there's got to be some weeds in the garden because not everybody there's some bad dreams, yeah, some there's nightmares, nightmares, and people yeah. have bad desires. Um, in his gardens, uh, dwelt his spouse Este. Uh, his halls and extensive gardens were located away from the Valmar, though still within Valinor. Um. Irmo tended to the elves of Valinor in Lorien and provided a peaceful refuge. He would guide the Eldar with visions and dreams. Um, and then Este was the Vala, his wife, uh, responsible for healing of the hurt and weary. Um, and I think it's I think it's interesting. I just kind of noticed this now. Um, how 
the uh, um, I mean it's kind of pretty obvious, but reading it out the Vala or Valars that um, are responsible for, for specific things, I think it's cool how they have like physical places that represent like physically what they do, like the halls of Mandos, the uh, um, and then uh, Vari is weaving the web of the world and. Irmo has his garden, which has to do with dreams and desires. Yeah. I just think it's interesting. But, um, so, uh, like I said, Irmo and Namo, uh, were, uh, were brothers, uh, and they were called the Fanturi, uh, which means masters of spirits, uh, which is a title given to the brothers, um, because they were the masters of spirits with, uh, the doom and the desires. That's oh, I forgot cool. to do their extra names. Dooms and Desires. Um, so Irmo is Quenya, meaning desire or master of desire. His common name, Lorien, which means land of dreams. Um, uh, uh, his Noldoran uh, name, or a cognate of Lorien and Noldoran is Luhian. Um, and uh, his old English translation Swendferna Frey, uh, dream nice. ruler. I know it kind it sounds old English, so I was gonna say that's the correct pronunciation. Then his wife Este, um, Este means uh, in Quenya means rest. Um, her Sindarin name, Id, I D H, um, and uh, Nandoran Arod, um, and she's also referred to as Este, uh, the Pale, several times. Um, so now we're going to move on to Tolkis and Nessa. Tolkis nice. um, is the big bat. He's like the uh, Thor of the world. He's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, greatest in strength and deeds of the prowess is Tolkis, who was also or who is surnamed Astaldo, uh, the Valiant. He came last to Arda to aid the Valar in the first battles with Melkor. His delights in wrestling and in contests of strength or he delights in wrestling and conte- contests of strength, and he rides no steed, for he can outrun all things that go on his feet, or go on feet, not his feet, <laughs> go on feet, and he is tireless. His hair and beard are golden, and his flesh is ruddy, his weapons are his hands. He has little heed for either the past or the future, and is of no avail as a counselor, but is a hearty friend. His spouse is Nessa, the sister of Orme, uh, and uh, she is also... Um, she is also lithe, lithe, and fleet-footed. Uh, yes. Deer she loves, D-E-E-R, and they follow her train wherever she goes into the wild. But she can outrun them, swift as an arrow, with the wind in her hair. In dancing she delights, and she dances in Valmar, uh, on the laws, er, on law- lawns of never-fading green. So Tolkas and Nessa are like... A power couple, per, like with strength and speed, um, so Tolkis uh, was the Valo responsible for participating in war at the last and the last of them to come to Arda, um, and uh, he was also called um, well Tolkis means strong or steadfast. He was also called Tolkasates or Astaldo. Um, he was quick and strong. He didn't need a weapon because he's got two guns in his arms. Not real guns, nice. sorry. He's got two big arms. Um, and he did need, did not need no horse because he's a fast guy. He's quick on his feet, just like his wife. Yeah. Um, and 
he was a hearty friend, slow to wrath, but uh, he never thought about the past or the re- he never thought much about the past or the future, so he wasn't good counselor. He just lived in the moment, dude. Right, He's, right, right. He seemed kind of like a Chad, kind of. Just like a... <laughs> Sorry if there's any Chads listening, but you know what I mean. Like a Chad, he's he's just kind of like a or like in the movies from like the 80s and 90s, the character that would be named Moose. That's who I think he's like. Interesting. He's just like a, he's just like a dude. Just a dude. Just a dude. Um, he uh, also tended to be impatient. Uh, before the awakening of the elves, he urged other Valar to wage war against Melkor. Um, he just wanted to fight, dude. Um, and after the darkening of the Valnor, he also hurried Feanor to take a decision about uh, surrender, or to make a decision about surrendering the Silmarils. So he's he's kind of pushy. Yeah. Um, but he was known for laughing in sport and in battle, and was possibly the only being on Arda with the courage to laugh in the face of Melkor. Um, and he did once while he was engaged in battle with him. Um, his uh, wife Nesa. Uh, which means young, uh, was a valet, um, and was ranked the least among the Valar. She was a valet. <laughs> she was a, That's yeah, crazy. she would, when she wasn't, uh, being chased by deer, she would, uh, park cars for people. Gotcha. Um, but she re- ranked least among the Valar and she was notable for her speed being fast as an arrow. Um, so she was also called Nesa the Swift, um, she um, was also renowned for her dancing ability. She was good at dancing. She could pop it and lock it. Um, <laughs> and she danced on the evergreen lawns of Valmar. And uh, if you want to think about it like this, Tolkis and Nessa were like lifting and cardio. Because Tolkis was just a big, strong, oof guy. Yeah. And Nessa was like a, a fast runner, like a cross-country runner. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'm going to move on to the last one, Nienna. Um Nienna was a queen of the Valar and the sister of Mandos and Irmo, acquainted with grief and sorrow, but also pity and courage. So she, if you remember, um, Irmo and uh, Namo were the Fenenturi, or Feinturi, the masters of spirits. So she's like the sister, but she's technically not a Feinturi because it's just the two bros. Um, she's ranked as one of the um, high ones and the most powerful of the Valar. Um her element is grief, and she is ever mourning for the wounds of the world by evil. Uh, those who listen to her learn wisdom and endurance and grief. So she's kind of like uh, her brother Namo, um, as like a, a uh, emo person. Uh, she's just an emo. Girl. I couldn't think of the word emo, but she's an emo girl. Uh, Nienna played a part in making of the two trees of Valnor, um, like Grant mentioned. She wept on the mound of. As Elohar, uh, watering it with her tears, and after the destruction of the trees by Melkor, uh, she once again wept on their wounded remains, cleansing the filth of Ungolianth, uh, that spider lady, yeah. and helping bring forth the last fruit and flower, which would become the sun and moon. And she has a few names. Um, she, uh, well, like a Nienna means weeping or she who weeps, um, which comes from the Quenya root Nea. Nia and EI, which means tear. Um, she had a few other names Nayena, Fui, which means night, F U I, Heskil, which means winter one. These are all Quenya. Uh, Nuri, which means sighing one, and Kwalme Tari, which means mistress of death. Hmm. 
So she's just very like sad person. You yeah, know? yeah. But you can't really blame her. She's um, uh, sh- her job sucks. <laughs> but yeah, so that's it for the high ones in of the Valar. Um, um I've got. Oh, Grant's got a little song song. No, I've got more. I forgot there was two more that I had that I forgot to do because wow, they were dude. The <laughs> way the way I had it written down, I like went through mine and then it was yours listed and then it was mine. Oh, so. that's okay. I can just cut it. And put yours in, so no, it doesn't matter. It's okay. It doesn't really need to go together. Okay. Um, but yeah, these are just the last two of the Valar, and then we'll go into the Maiar. Let's go. After a little ad break. After a word from our sponsor. Yes. Um. So you can't forget about Orome. Yeah, you can't. Can't do it. Because I, I mentioned, uh, as one of the uh, siblings of one of the I can't remember which yeah, one. Yeah, Nessa. And then I paused and I was like, do I have Orme or did Grant talk about no, Orme? I have Orme. Yeah, Orme and his wife, Orme. his wife, Vana. Vana. Okay. Vana. Uh, Orme is a mighty lord. If he is less strong than Tolkis, he is more dreadful in anger. Whereas Tolkis laughs ever in sport or in war, and even in the face of Melkor, he laughed in battles before the elves were born. Orome loved the lands of Middle-earth, and he left them unwillingly and came last to Valinor. And often of old he passed back east over the mountains and returned with his host to the hills and the plains. He is a hunter of monsters and fell beasts, and he delights in horses and in hounds, and all trees he loves, for which reason he is called Eldaron, and by the Sindar, Tauron, the lord of forests. Nahar is the name of his horse, white in the sun and shining silver at night. The Valaroma is the name of his great horn, the sound of which is like the upgoing of the sun in scarlet, or the sheer lightning cleaving the clouds. Above all the horns, I said that weird. Above, <laughs> wait, I don't know how I did that. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> above, above, oh, <laughs> above all the horns of his host, it was heard in the woods that Yavanna brought forth in Valinor, for there Orome would train his folk and his beasts for the pursuit of the evil creatures of Malkor. The spouse of Orome is Vanna, the ever young. She is the younger sister of Yavanna. All flowers spring as she passes and open if she glances upon them, and all birds sing at her coming. So those are those people. Nice. <laughs> um, and then I'll explain a little more. Uh, Orome is the huntsman of the Valar, basically, if you want to think about it like that. Lord of Forests. He was vigilant against Melkor and his monsters and was one of the most powerful of the Valar. In contrast to Tolkien... <laughs> in contrast to Tolkien, <laughs> don't get it's nervous. Like, it's like my breath failed at the end. <laughs> Who laughed for the joy of battle? Orome was known to be terrible to behold in battle. His wife was Vanna, and uh, I don't know why I had that in that paragraph. But anyways, <laughs> he was the first to find the elves. <laughs> my dog's <laughs> jumping at bugs. He was the first to find the elves in the far east as he was out hunting the monsters of Melkor. And some were afraid of him as Melkor found them and whispered of the hunter who took elves and killed them. So when Orme first came to them, they were scared that he was the evil hunter that Melkor told them about. But others realized he was actually nice and he was one of the powers of the world, one of the Valar. Uh, Like I said, his horse was named Nahar and he was the ancestor of the Mieras, the lords of the horses in the Third Age, such as Felaroth and Shadowfax. Shadowfax. So Shadowfax wow. is a distant um, Swing. descendant of Orome's horse, Nahar, which is pretty cool. Nice, dude. Um, other names were Ara, which is Sindarin. And um, you can also see that in the 
the kine of Ara, which are cattle basically in Rovanion. They talk about that for a second, I think, briefly in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, the horn of Gondor was made using a horn of mm-hmm. one of these kind. I think that's where they talk about it. He's also called Tauron, Lord of Forests. Uh, Bema, which is given to him by the Northland, which meant trumpeter because of his horn. And in the history of Middle-earth, he is also called Wathfreya, which is hunting lord. Uh, Huntinafreya, lord of hunters. And Weldafreya, lord of forests. Well He's also afraid. called Beaming, as a direct translation of Aldaron and Tauron in Old English. And then, yeah, Vala, Irvana was a Vala of la- in the Lady of Flowers and Birds. She was married to Orome the Huntsman and would often wander in his woodlands in Valinor. It is said that spring flowers would bloom where she walked and birds would sing as she passed and that she had the beauty of heaven and earth on her face in all that she did. And she also had gardens of golden flowers where she dwelt often. And Arian, who is a Maiar, would come there to the water to water the flowers with the dew of Laurelin, the golden tree. Uh, Melian was also a servant of Vana before departing to Middle-earth. So now those are all of the Valar all, all said and done. Yeah. All the high ones plus some of their spouses and a few others here and there. Yeah. Um, when you were reading off that and you said the Horn of Gondor, I tried making the Horn of Gondor noise and your dog ran up and s- jumped next to me and just sat down. Yeah. She, I think I called her. Yeah, I think he did. She responds to the Horn of Gondor. Nice. Good job, Finn. Good job, Finn. Um, oh, real quick, before we move on to real the mire, I was going to say something. In the early days of the mythology when Tolkien was writing these, he did have a few other characters. Um, some of them were Valar or Maiar, and some of them were called the Valarindi, which were the children of the Valar. And this is an abandoned concept, so you won't find this in any of the actual stories. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, so in the earlier works of the mythology of Middle-earth, some of the Valar had children with one another, and this mm-hmm. concept was later abandoned as Tolkien shaped his mythology, and some of the Valarindi survived as Maiar or other characters. Still, here are the names of the Valarindi as we know them. Fionwe, who was the son of Manwe and Varda, he survived as Aonwe, the herald of the Valar, one of the Maiar. And then there was Erinti, who was the daughter of Manwe and Varda, and she survived as Ilmare, the handmaiden of Varda. Then there was Orome, who is the son of Aule and Yavanna, and he obviously now survives as a Valar himself, and also one of the greatest, so he kind of stepped up a little bit. Yeah. Then there was Nieliqui, who is the daughter of Vanna and Orome, and she was like the mother... <laughs> <laughs> she was like her mother, not the mother, <laughs> where she enjoyed dancing through the woodlands. And it was said that where her tears fell, snowdrops sprang, and where her feet touched, daffodils blossomed. Oh, nice. And then there was Telemachtar, who was the son of Tolkus and Nessa. And he would often fight beside his father against Melkor. And like his father just uses fists, basically, his muscles. <laughs> but Telemachtar, he wore a long sword, and he used that in battle. And in the history of Middle Earth. Swing! Yeah. <laughs> in the history of Middle Earth, he is the foundation of the Orion's Belt constellation. Oh, nice. Um, then there was Kalimbo, who was the son of Melkor and the Ogres Ulbandi. Uh, he survived as Gothmog, captain of the Balrogs. Gothmog. So that's pretty cool. And then there was also another uh, abandoned Valar character. His name was Omar, 
<laughs> just a regular name. Yeah. And he was also called Amilo. And he was considered the youngest of the Valar. He knew all the languages and all the songs, and he would sing to the tune of his brother Salmar's harp. Salmar is a... <laughs> this is Omar. <laughs> yeah! That was Omar. Yeah. Uh, but Salmar is actually Amara, and I, I, will, talk, I will talk about it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so he would sing to the tune of his brother's harp. Uh, the Teleri of Valinor learned poetry and song from Omar. And apparently, Salmar, Ilmare, and Omar were based on J.R.R. Tolkien, his wife Edith, and his younger brother, Hilary Tolkien, respectively. Oh, nice. Hilary's a boy name? Yeah, H-I-L-A-R-Y. Oh. I don't know if it's pronounced differently, like yeah. in British English, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, Hilary. I could not imagine it being Hilary or Hilary. Hilary. That'd be cool. Hilary. Hilary. That's hilarious. Hilary. But anyways, next up, we've got all the Maiar, and we've got some fun trivia to do. Not really a lot of current events going on so far. Um, but yeah, we'll have fun at the end here. Let's go so to an ad. Let's go to an ad break. See you guys after the ad. Hey everyone, have you been wondering where you can see the behind the scenes of this podcast or correct us when we inevitably get something wrong on the podcast? Well, I'm here to let you know. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle underscore earth or on Twitter at expmiddleearth. If you don't want to look those up, links to both of those will be in the show notes. Hey everybody, we just want to take a quick second i'm just kidding uh hey everybody welcome back to exploring middle earth hope you enjoyed that ad we made it especially for that you guys ad. all right yeah check that out that ad. <clears throat> yeah so now we are we've finished talking about all the valar who are the main powers of the world now we're going to talk about the more numerous Maiar. and it's said that there are like thousands of Maiar, but just only a few of them we know their names so we're going to talk about the Maiar yeah they're just lesser in power than the Valar but they're it's the same concept they're basically angels so Jay take it away okay well I'm going to start with the stewards of lights um Aryan uh, was the guardian of the sun she was the second and second greatest and powerful of the Maiar uh and Aryan uh the Maiar Aryan's (laughs) PCT (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just butchered that. Wow, dude. Aryan SPECT. Aryan SPECT. Aryan, the Maya maiden, was the uh, first served uh, Vana, the ever young, before she was charged to carry the vessel of the sun. Wow. She pilots the sun. That's sick. Must be hot up there. She must sweat a lot. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, she pilots the sun. So the sun. In Moon, um, which I'll talk about next, in Middle Earth, or Arda, aren't just some big old stars or planet type thing just floating around. Yeah. There's people on there driving them. Yeah. Um, the other one, the other student of light, Tillian, uh, was the guardian of the moon. Nice. Uh, and uh, Tillian took the last surviving flower of Telperion, the silver tree, um, in the vessel and forged in a vessel forged by Aule and carried it away to the heavens and he made the moon the moon the moon so Aryan and Tilian are the moon and s- or pilots of the moon and sun yeah um and they never they never take a break they're always up there yeah um 
So moving on to the Astari. Oh, um, we know them. We have an episode on them. Yeah. Um, one like, of our earlier yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so if you, I'm going to just do an overview of them, but if you want to know more about each of them, um, you can go listen to that episode. Yeah, you can listen to Jay, me, and Zach. Zach. Back when Zach was a big part of the podcast. Yes. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. So the Astari, also the Wizards. Yeah. Um, so we got the Blue Wizards, Alatar. Alatar, yeah, Alatar, yeah. Um, is one of the Astar wizards. Sorry, he traveled to Middle Earth in the Second Age with his bro Palindo, uh, and they <laughs> his became bro. yeah, they became the Ithrin Luin, uh, the Blue Wizards. Mm-hmm. So uh, Palindo is also known as Romestamino. Roman, yeah, Romastamo, Romastamo, East Wanderer, right? Helper of the East, Helper of the East, yeah. And Alatar is Morin Hatar, Morin Hatar, oh, Mor- yeah, Morin Hatar, Morin Hatar, which means Darkness Slayer. That's a sick name. Yeah, Darkness Slayer, Helper of the East. <laughs> that sounds like a metal band, Darkness. Yeah. Sl- well, I know Slayer is a yeah, yeah, but Darkness. I Slayer. bet there's a metal band called Darkness, too. I'm gonna look. But um. <laughs> You keep talking. So Radagast is the the next wizard Astari, um, who we all There's know. There's an artist well. called the Darkness. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so Iwendil, Iwendil, uh, Radagast the Brown was a Maya of Yavanna, who you just learned about. So it should be fresh in your mind. Um, Radagast was mainly concerned with himself, or concerned himself with the well-being of the plants and animals. Um, in Middle Earth, so he did not participate heavily in the War of the Rings, um, and uh, his original name, Awendil, 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 Awendil means friends of bird, friends of bird. Also me, yes. Also Grant, yes. Um, and uh, so since he mostly concerned himself with plants and animals, he did m- make a big oof. Um, he aided Sar- Saruman in his search for the One Ring, but he did it in good faith, not knowing uh, that, S- or not knowing Saruman's real ambitions to keep the ring for himself. So he's a good guy, but he's just like a goof who, you know, he likes plants and animals, but he just he um, he failed as an, a star because he didn't. Um, uh, he just came and had didn't really do anything. Yeah, yeah. He just helped the birds and animals, you know. Which, you know, that has his positives, but uh, he almost boofed it up for everybody with the War of the Ring. <laughs> he almost just messed it up. Wow, up. dude! Wow. So Saruman, uh, Kuromo, uh, Saruman, also known as Saruman the White, was the first of the Astari. Um, uh, the end, um, oh, I forgot to mention, the the uh, purpose of the Astari, the wizards, um, the Valar sent them to Middle-earth in the Third Age to help counter uh the return of sauron so like i said radagast failed because he didn't do anything to counter the return of saruman so did the blue wizards i mean maybe they did do something in the east that they stopped something in the east but we don't know but we don't know tolkien never says um and he was originally the orders the astari's chief and the head of the white council that opposed the dark lord um but as you know uh, if you have, if if you've read Lord of the Rings, if you haven't, then this is a spoiler. He was overcome by evil and wanted the One Ring for himself. Um, and the last of the Astari, Gandalf. <laughs> yes, everybody's favorite, Gandalf. 
Aloran, which is another name he had, uh, Gandalf was temp- temporarily known as Gandalf the Grey, then later Gandalf the White. Um, uh, and he was dispatched to Middle-earth in the Third Age to combat the threat of Sauron, um, which we know about, but interestingly enough, he's the only one who um, did it. He was the only one who uh, completed the task. And uh, here, let me pull up his... Um, his he had other names too. He had a bunch of them. Um, Oloran, like I mentioned, um, which was Quenya. Uh, his Sindarin name was Mithrandir, uh, which means gray pilgrim. 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 Uh, Myth, which is gray. Ron, which is wanderer. And or Rondir, which is pilgrim. Uh, Tharkun. Tharkun, uh, which was a dwarvish name, means staff man. So they didn't nice. really have a cool name. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Thar- staff man. This is a staff man. Uh, in Canuas, uh which don't really know what language that is. Um, uh, yeah, it's not really known. It mm-hmm. it was suggested, I think, in unfinished tales to be either like a like a word from like the Herodrim from the south, mm-hmm. or it's like an old Numenorian word. Yeah. Um, he's called Old Greybeard by Sauron. I feel like Sauron could have come up with a better name. But, you know, Sauron is not a great guy, so he can't come up with great names. Uh, White Rider, uh, which is what he was called when he was mounted on Shadowfax. That'd be cool if, like, we got different, we had different, (laughs) different names when we were in our cars. Yeah. Like, you get in your car and they're like, oh, he's that guy. Um, I kind of think of a cool name. Stormcrow, which is also a cool name. Um, uh, uh, it was often used by his detractors to mean he is trouble, a troublesome meddler in the affairs of others. Uh, Lothspell, which was by Grima Wormtongue. Gandalf Greyhame, the Grey Pilgrim. Um, Gandalf the Grey, Gandalf the White, and Gandalf the Wandering Wizards. Um, yes. Two of his names, which were later discarded by Tolkien, was Shorab. Uh, which was the name of unclear language, which was used in the east. Uh, in the south, he was known as Forlond, uh, or Forlong. But yeah, so um, I don't really have to tell you much about Gandalf because you know about Gandalf. He's one of the main characters. He's in the Fellowship. He's probably the um, other than the Hobbits. He plays the biggest part in the destruction of the Ring. Um, yeah, he was a behind-the-scenes man. Yeah, he's like, he's the director. He's running it all behind the scenes. But yeah, so that's what I have for the story. Like I said, we have a whole episode on them if you want to know the whole story about them and all that happens to them. But I'm going to pass it off back to Grant. He's going to give us some more Maiar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there is, I was just thinking about this. There are, um, like, little things about some of these Maiar in the Silmarillion as well, but they're more spread out. Like, mm-hmm. unlike the Valaquenta. So, yes, sir. Uh, that's, I just realized that. Anyways, <laughs> um, so I have what you the kind of chieftains, not kind Ooh, of, nice. they are the chieftains. They're the chieftains of the Maiar. So, these are the cream of the crop, the tip of the top of the Maiar, most powerful Maiar. First, there was Aonwe, who I mentioned earlier, who used to be Fionwe. He was a Maya who served Manwe. He was called the Herald of Manwe, and he was the chief of the Maiar. He was the one that greeted Aerendil eh, when he landed in Valinor. 
And he also led the army of the Vanyar during the War of Wrath, and he threw down Morgoth and took the two remaining Silmarils into custody. Sauron even pleaded for mercy from him at the end of the war, and he became good for a time because of Aonwe. At the beginning of the Second Age, he taught the Adain many things, and he blessed them with long life and power and wisdom, and they became the High Men of Numenor, or the Numenorians. So, even though there's not much about Aonwe, he is actually quite powerful. Like I mentioned, he is the herald of Manwe, so he's always the one kind of like, uh, like, if you want to get to him, you got to go through me kind of deal. He also led the army against Morgoth in the War of Wrath, and he threw down Morgoth and basically arrested him. Thrown it down. <laughs> and he took the Silmarils into custody. And he could hold the Silmarils because he was pure of heart. Yeah. And then Sauron even begged for mercy from him. And he allowed him to to be free. He That's said, he said yes, Sauron. Sure, uh, I guess. Sure. <laughs> um, and then he also taught all the Adain that helped in the War of Wrath. He, also, he taught them all the different skills they needed to know. And then he granted them long life and power and wisdom mm. so that they became the Numenorians. He granted them. Yeah. That's you. Grant. Yeah. So he is a very powerful Maiar. That's yeah. for sure. And then there is Ilmare, who is the other chieftain of the, I guess she would be a chieftainess mm. of the Maiar. And she. Swing! I don't really know what that means. <laughs> she served as the handmaiden of Varda. And she was one of the leading Maiar along with Aonwe. And her name meant something close to Starlight in Quenya. So mm. obviously she was very closely related to Varda. Um, not much is known about her, though. There's uh. really not a lot about her at all. Yeah. Uh, and then now back to Jay. Jay's got some back more Maiar. Yeah, so I got the Balrogs, the bad boys. Nice. <laughs> but they're kind of cool. Yeah! So <laughs> the Balrogs, so, yeah. I'm going to talk about two of them. Durin's Bane. Uh, which is kind of the coolest name ever. Sorry, everyone. That's kind of the coolest name. <laughs> so Durin's Bane was a Balrog of Morgoth that fled the destruction of the War of, uh, Wrath, War of Wrath. War of Rats? War of Wrath. <laughs> uh, to hide deep below in the dwarven kingdom of Khazad-dûm. Nice. Um, and you see him in the movies mm-hmm. and in Lord of the Rings books. Yeah. Um, well, you see the words describing him. Um, uh, because he's the one who kills Gandalf the Grey. Yeah. Sorry, another spoiler. Oh. Uh, you got to know there's spoilers in this, guys. Come on. But, um, so yeah, he was in the Dwarven Kingdom of Khazad-dûm, and he was there for a while, and uh, that's uh, when, um, he's called Durin's Bane because uh, the dwarves, Durin, their king, um, they dug too deep and too greedily, and uh, they, uh, for Mithril, and they dug too deep, and they woke up the Balrog Durin's Bane. And he's like, whoa, what the heck? What the? Guys, I'm trying to sleep, man. They and then they're him. like, can we get some Mithril? And he's like, you can catch these fists. <laughs> Fought them. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And then so that's why when um, the Fellowship goes into Khazad-dûm, everybody's dead. All the uh, dwarves are gone. It's because of Durin's Bane. And then the other Balrog is Gothmog. Um, not to be confused with the orc named Gothmog. This is a Balrog named Gothmog. The yeah, OG. The OG. Uh, so he was the first lord of the Balrogs during the first age and the greatest Balrog to ever walk Middle-earth. So he's a big deal. Yeah. He held the title of the High Captain of Angband, uh, being Morgoth's frontline lieutenant as well as one of the most important servants. He fought many battles um, in the name of his master and was personally 
personally personally responsible for killing two of the high kings of the Noldor. Yeah. Um, Can you name them? No. Oh. I'm not even going to try. Uh, two high kings. Uh, I don't know. I bet I could probably name them. Do it then. Do it, Dan. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Do it, Dan. Do it, Dan. Freak. I'm pretty sure... Man, it is definitely harder than I thought. Mm-hmm. I think one of them is Feanor. Mm-hmm. And then, are you looking it up? Oh. oh. No. <laughs> I thought you were saying, because mm-hmm, I got it right. Sorry. Um, I think one of them is Feanor. And then the other, it's not Fingolfin because Fingolfin was killed by Morgoth. Um, it's I think it's Fingon. Torgon did battle against Gothmog, but he died in a tower. That came crashing down in Gondolin. He wasn't killed personally by Gothmog. Oh. Um, I think it was Fingon and Feanor. Maybe. If I had to guess. We'll look it up later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so also, I want to mention something too, because I saw this on a Facebook comment on a Lord of the Rings page that I'm following. And it was if all. Obviously, they didn't know much about the Silmarillion. You guys can learn Oof, from this. Dude. If all of the Maiar that were joined to Morgoth and became evil became Balrogs, then why didn't Sauron become a Balrog? Let's well, see. the answer to that is, first of all, Sauron is a much more powerful Maiar than the Balrogs. That's very evident. Mm-hmm. And they are different kinds of spirits. Not all Maiar are the same, like we have been researching so far Mm -hmm. they all have different aspects of them some of them might be more similar to one another um but they all have different aspects of them and they have basically different personalities like any other person would so all of the balrogs i had to burp again okay all of the balrogs were essentially spirits of fire kind of like you know arian the one who is piloting the sun she is a spirit of fire and so there is no doubt if she was manipulated to the side of Morgoth, she would become a Balrog. Mm-hmm. So all the Balrogs were spirits of fire. Sauron, I will get to him in a second. He was a servant of Aule, and he was not a spirit of fire. He was a spirit of like uh, smithing and crafting and stuff like that. Um, a spirit of the earth, I guess you could say. So that's why when he was... He wasn't necessarily quite manipulated in the way the Balrogs were, and he more or less willingly joined Morgoth. And so he didn't become a twisted monster like the Balrogs. He just became evil, I guess. And also, you can tell not all the Balrogs are the same as well, because Gothmog is way more powerful than the rest of the Balrogs. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it's obviously that person who commented that didn't, or like asked the question, didn't really read the Silmarillion too much or didn't really research it before asking the question. There are tons of different websites you can research it on without having to go to Facebook. Facebook is like a last resort. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was a last resort for them. I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, finishing up on the Balrogs. Oh, um, sorry. sorry. No, I, I just thought wanted, you were done. No, I, there was one thing I w- oh. also wanted to mention. Um, in the Peter Jacks movies, and I guess the Rings of Power too, because oh, yeah, they depicted about. him yeah. similar. The Balrogs are, or at least Durin's Bane, which we see, is this huge, like demon-like thing with these huge horns that come down. Yeah, and it's like f- covered in fire and has big wings and the big old whip. And that's um, 
not really how Tolkien describes it. Um, uh, he says, this is a quote from the Bridge of Khazad-dûm chapter in The Lord of the Rings. It was like a great shadow in the middle of which was a dark form of man shape, maybe, yet greater, and a power and terror seemed to be in it and go before it. Um, so the one thing that's, or one main thing that's different is, um, the Balrogs in the books are like, are man shaped. So like humans or shaped like humans. Yeah. And the Balrog in the, uh, movies in the Rings of Power kind of seems more like an animal or like reptilian, like yeah. a dinosaur kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. Um, but, uh, it's, that's just one thing that's different is. I mean, in the movies, it looks cool. Yeah, and it, does. It, it makes I feel like it makes it more dramatic. But in the books, they I mean they're bigger than humans, but they're not like the crazy demon type things you see in the movie. They're more of like a humanoid shape. Yeah, that is covered in fire, so it's still kind of cool. But um, also, there's a there's a debate on whether or not Tolkien meant for Balrogs to have wings or not, because yeah. in I think in the Lord of the Rings it says like great shadows loomed over it like wings mm-hmm. or something like wings of shadow. So people are wondering if that was just imagery saying that the shadow over hit the Balrog were like wings or if he actually had wings of shadow. So uh, there's a lot of debate going on on whether, well, do Balrogs have wings or do Balrogs not have wings? Well, here, yeah. I am personally team no wings. Team no wings. Well, here, I just pulled this up. So this is from the Tolkien Gateway, specifically on what Grant was just talking about. Yeah. The description of the Balrog and Moria from the Bridge of Khazad-dûm in the fifth chapter of the Fellowship of the Ring raised the question whether Balrogs were winged. There are two references uh, in this chapter. So this is the first reference. His enemy halted again facing him, and the shadow about it reached out like two vast wings. And the other one is suddenly it drew itself up into great height, and its wings were spread from wall to wall. So this Tolkien's language leaves some room for some speculation. The first quote seems to describe the a Balrog covered in the shadow that appears wing-like and is later spread. However, the second uh, quote passage seems to indicate that the Balrogs actually had wings yeah. that were spread from wall to wall. So there's there's a whole thing about arguments for and against um, <coughs> whether they have wings. I probably could not confidently argue it, but I just remember I watched a video and I researched it a little bit, and I'm like, yeah, no wings. Mm-hmm. So it's really just up to interpretation. I don't really think there's a right answer, to be honest. You just, yeah, you can imagine it in your mind. But that's just that's just my opinion. Is I'm just no wings. No so. wings. Yep. Well, I'm gonna pass it back to Grant. Oh, hey, hey, there I am. Eight, eight, eight. Uh, so my next. Whoops! I just dropped the stool on my foot. That's okay. You. Uh, well, <laughs> oh, not that. Hey, not that kind <laughs> of stool. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, so the next Myar <clears throat> is a Myar called Myron. Um, he's just kind of a singular dude, just kind of hanging out by himself. He was a Maya and a pupil of Aule, and he was a great craftsman. Early on in the spring of Arda, he was easily convinced to join the rakes, the rakes, the ranks of Melkor because he too desired to become great in all things he did and to rule over others. He became known as Gorthaur the Cruel and was the most trusted and cunning of the lieutenants of Morgoth, even over Gothmog. At first he ruled from Angband, but when Utumno was demolished and Morgoth moved to Angband, he left. He then captured Minas Tirith, not the one from the Third Age, um, Minas Tirith was another fortress on an island in the middle of the river Syrian. 
and he captured that from Oradreth in the first age, and then it was called Tol in Gaurhoth, the Isle of Werewolves. Yeah. He would later oh. <laughs> he would later be known to all in Middle Earth as Sauron. Myron. Oh, dude, that's spooky. Yeah. The name Myron, though, meant admirable in Quenya. So mm-hmm. he was a really cool guy in the beginning. Yeah, well, he was very uh, um, charming, I guess. He charmed the elves and the, yeah, yeah. And the men. Yeah, later he did become Anatar, the Lord of Gifts. So, yeah. Uh, uh, back to Jay. Back to me. For the last one, I think it's the last one. Yeah. For you, yeah. Melian. Uh, so Melian was a Maya. Uh, um, for the love of all things sacred, yes. don't ever pronounce it Melian. Melian, that's the worst. Chameleon. I've heard people say that. Melian. Melian. Gosh, that's okay. the worst. This, that's so, thanks for the PSA. Grant. I just love. Do not ga- say I just Melian. love gatekeeping. Melian, <coughs> um, was the mire of uh, a, a mire of Yavanna, um, and she was the wife of King. Elu Thingol, yeah. the queen of Doriath and the mother of Luthien Tenuviel. Nice. Let's go. Luthien. We love Luthien here. <coughs> Melian uh, was the fourth and greatest, fourth greatest and one of the most powerful of the Maiar. Uh, in Middle Earth, she was uh, unsurpassed in both wisdom, beauty, and magical singing. Um magical singing so she was a and you can so you can tell where luthien got it from uh before she came to middle earth uh she served both vana and este uh and dwelt in lorien tending the trees that grew in the gardens of irmo uh melian's main line of descent was half elven because um uh luthien uh her daughter the mayan uh blood passed to both elves and men um, when Baron arrived, as foretold, she counseled Thingol against sending Baron for the Silmaril, a quest which would eventually lead to Doriath's room. Uh, she was a friend she of she knew, yeah, and she was a friend of mankind. She also aided Hurin's family by hosting Turin in Doriath and later helping Beleg, uh, in his search for Turin by giving him a Lembus bread. Nice. Uh, when Hurin came to Doriath, uh. Um, carrying a great grief and misery, uh, Melian helped him see through his ills. And after Thingol's death, she left Doriath, visiting Baron and Luthien uh, for a time, uh, warning them of the dwarves' treachery and the curse of Meme's treasure. Um, shortly thereafter, she went back to Valinor, musing upon her sorrows in the gardens of Lorien when she came. So she just went back home, back where she came from. And speaking of back, we're sending it back to Grant. Hey, okay, here we are. So now we're going to kind of finish up with the rest of the Maiar, and these are the servants of Almo, the Lord of the Seas, of course. Ooh, so these yeah. all have something to do with oceans. Mm-hmm. First, we've got Ose. Ose was a Ose, Ose. 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 Ose was a Maya and a vassal of Almo. He resided in the inner seas, and he loved the coasts and islands of the seas rather than the deep water of the ocean. He was naturally violent, and he en- not evil, but naturally violent. Yeah. And he enjoyed the winds and storms at seas. That's why he was violent. He just loved storms, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Uh, but because he was violent, he was easily seduced to join Melkor for a time before his wife, Uinen, brought him back to serve Almo. He is married to Uinen, like I said, and only she can calm his storms. Aww. He was <laughs> so He was a friend of all mariners, but mariners generally distrusted him for his unpredictable nature. 
Ase taught the Teleri and the Lindar how to sing with the sea. Mm-hmm. And when many of the Teleri were asked to live in Valinor, he convinced some to stay in Middle Earth where he visited them because he left them. Mm. He's a good guy. One of these elves was Círdan the shipwright, who learned from Ase yes. all that he knows, including building ships. I love Círdan. Yes. His storms also helped guard the shores of Valinor against the exiled Noldor, as well as anyone who was mortal. In the Second Age, he helped raise the island of Elena out of the depths of the sea, which later became known as Numenor, and he was also called Gyrus by the Sindar and Sefreya in Old English in the history of Middle-earth. Then we've got his wife, Uinen. She was a Maya also and a vassal of Olmo, and... She, like I said, she was only the only one able to calm the storms, and she was revered by the sailors. So, Ase loved the sailors, but they didn't really love him back. But then Uinen loved the sailors, and they loved her because she made the seas calm, and she also loved all the sea creatures so she could stay all of them from anger. Mm-hmm. And it is said her hair spreads through all of the waters of the sea. Wow. In older mythologies, she is also known as the Queen of the Mermaids. Oh, there's mermaids? And yeah, in the older works. Who so would have thought? That's kind of cool. And then the last one, like I said, I'll talk about this guy. Do it. Salmar, who was the brother of Omar. Omar. <laughs> um, he was a Maya and a vessel of Almo as well, and he entered into Arda and the oceans with Almo. He made the horns called the Ulamuri, which made great sea music. He isn't mentioned much other than in the history of Middle Earth, where he is also called Noldoran. Which is very interesting. Yeah. Noldoran means the deep one. And the Noldor are called the deep elves. So it obviously it's just a word that means yeah. deep. So Deep. It, yeah. He lived in Valmar and would play music underneath Laurelin, the golden tree, along with his brother Omar. And his name his name is <laughs> <laughs> John Cena. His name Selma. <laughs> Uh, likely means harp or lute in Quenya, and his name, Noldoran, means deep one, like I said. Nice. So, yeah, those are the Maiar, and like the last ones I just said were the servants of Olmo. I do have a few more I just want to briefly talk about. Do they it. are not Maiar, and they're not Valar, but they can be considered, I guess, what I'm calling pseudo Maiar. Pseudo. Or like semi angelic beings. Mm-hmm. First, there was Aerendil. He was half man, half elf. He was the son of Tuor and Idril Celebrindel, and he was a great mariner who landed upon Valinor to plead mercy for the elves and men. His task succeeded, and the Valar then declared war on Morgoth on his behalf. Erendil was then forbidden to leave the Undying Lands, and instead his shape was made to sail the heavens, and with him went one of the Silmarils. He became a star, what we would call the Morning Star, or Venus, and he signaled the dawn. And he was revered by elves, thus becoming an immortal being and a pseudo-maya. So he is now immortal, and he sails the sky as a star. So that's pretty that's pretty Maiar-like, if you ask me. Yeah. Kind of like Aryan and Tillian. Mm-hmm. Oh, the train is going by. The train. In, in my small town. Small Chugga town Chugga America, choo man. Choo. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about small town America. Um, then we've got Elwing, <laughs> who's his wife. <laughs> she was an elf, uh, although technically you could say she does have you know, the blood of man in her as well. Because yeah. her grandfather was barren. Her grandpa. Um, yeah, so she was an elf. She was the daughter of Dior Elokil and Nimloth and he was the granddaughter of Banner and Luthien. And she married Eärendil the Mariner when all the elves had fled to the mouths of the Syrian in the First Age. When her husband left to sail the Valinor to plead for the pardon of the Valar, she remained. 
Then the third kinslaying occurred, and the last sons of Fanor attempted to steal the Silmaril that Elwing had inherited from her mother and her mother, her, mother. her father, her and grandparents. Father. But Elwing leapt into the sea and was carried up by birds. She was then transformed into a white bird, and she found the ship of her husband, and they were reunited. Then she became immortal like her husband, never to see Middle Earth again, and resided in a white tower upon the northern coast of Amman, and many birds came there, and her husband would come there to rest as well. When the sun rose... <laughs> When the sun rose red, <laughs> what's going on with your accent? Today? I don't know. When the sun rose red over the waters, she would become a great white seabird, and she would meet her husband at his ship Vingorot. And some of his, some of the most far-sighted elves saw this from a distance: a great white bird meeting the star of Erendil. Her name means star spray in Quenya. That's a cool name, star spray. Star spray. Then we've got, which I think most people could probably consider her pseudo Maiar, because she is literally half Maiar, Luthien, uh, Elf of Doriath, yeah. daughter of Eluthingal and Melian the Maya. She's considered the most beautiful of all the elder children, and none have matched her since, except for Arwen, her descendant. She died from grief upon Baron's death from the werewolf Karkaroth. In the halls of Mandos, she performed a song and dance to Mandos, and he was so moved with pity that she was given the chance to return to Beleriand and to live as a mortal for a short while and reunited with her husband Baron. Together they lived on Tolgallon in the midst of the river Adarant and Osiriand, and their land, while they held the Silmaril, was fair to be in like Valinor. She and Baron were considered pseudo Maiar, even though they did die. Dang. Because of their legendary they status. Did, did. Yeah. And then another one I would consider pseudo Maiar is Glorfindel. Okay. He was an elf of Gondolin and the lord of the House of the Golden Flower. That's a cool name. Mm -hmm. During the fall of Gondolin, he was part of the escort of some of the elves of Tuor's house that escaped into the passes of the Chrysigrim. He was an escort? Yes. <laughs> he was a male escort. Swing! <laughs> uh, <laughs> while in the passes, a group of orcs and a balrog ambushed the elves. Glorfindel held off the balrog while the rest escaped from the orcs. Then both Glorfindel and the balrog fell from a precipice and killed one another. Glorfindel was one of the mightiest warriors of the elves of the First Age, and he spent many years resting in the halls of Mandos. But because of his bravery and heroism and saving Tuor and Idril and Eärendil, as well as his reluctance in the beginning of the exile of the Noldor, the Valar deemed it necessary for Glorfindel to be reincarnated and aid the elves of Middle-earth against Sauron in the Third Age. He returned to Linden and then lived in Rivendell under the leadership of Elrond. He was a major part of the Council of Elrond, and he was likely a member of the White Council, along with Galadriel, Elrond, Círdan, Gandalf, Sauron, you know, you know the people. Mm -hmm. He survived the War of the Ring, and he sailed to Valinor with the rest of the Ringbearers, successful in his mission. So I would say he's pretty much a guy. Maya. He's pretty much Maya. He's a dude. He's pretty much Maya. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. <sighs> that was a lot of talking, man. You want to go to trivia? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. that was, so that's guys. That's Valar Maiar in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be a long Real. episode, but I hope it's thrilling for well, all. Well, let's of you. get to the fun stuff. Let's go to Not the that fun that stuff. stuff before was wasn't fun. Yeah. Let's get to. Tri you want to go first? You want me to go? Yeah, first? I'll go first. I've got an interesting first question. Okay. But actually, Hopefully no, that, an that'll be answer. that'll be my that'll be my second question. Okay. Actually, the first question I know you're gonna get because you mentioned it, and I didn't even realize that you were gonna mention it. Melian is the only known Maiar to procreate, and she 
I guess Luthien. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Who is, who is the child? Yeah. Luthien. Yeah. That, Dang. Uh, the one question I had was like, this is gonna be hard because I didn't mention. I talked about the cure, but I didn't <laughs> mention it. You mentioned what the answer is. I'll ask you that first. Yeah. Uh, when was the only time Mandos was moved to pr- pity? <laughs> when Luthien. <said> yeah. <laughs> that was Whoa. the one I was like. I'll do this because it's like interesting. <laughs> okay, we got two trivia questions yeah. right off the bat. Sick. Yeah. Um, okay, this is my second one. Okay. Can you name all eight Maiar who have stepped foot on Middle Earth in the first age or afterwards? So first age is keyword or afterwards. So not in the beginning of the days when all the Maiar were roaming around, but in the first age um, or afterwards. This is excluding Balrogs. Oh, okay. I'll so try. You know, there's the five Astari. Yeah, if you can name, if you can name those and at least two others, I'll give you the point. But there are eight total, at least as much as I can think. Um. So there's a five Astari. The um. Name them. Do it. Do uh, okay. So you said the first stage. Would that be that one? Or would that count the Tillion and? No, because they early. they didn't technically. Oh dang. That was they weren't technically walking on Middle Earth. They're just in the air. Um. Shoot, uh, Melian. That was one I did. Yep. Um. Oh shoot! What was the one you did in between the Balrogs and <sighs> Big Name? Uh, give me a hint of like what they did. Well, I mean, there's two. I mean, other than the Astari, which mm-hmm. just just name them real quick. Rattle them off. Uh, there's Radagast, Sauron. Uh, or Saruman, sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, Sauron. Is yeah, there, he, you yeah there. <laughs> there you go. Radagast, Saruman, Gandalf, Palin, Palando. Yep. Oh, uh, what's the? Uh, it starts with an A, right? Yeah. Amando. I don't know. What I I know. Yeah, Alatar. Alatar. Pretty much got it. Okay, so you've got all the wizards. You've got Melian, Melian and you've got Sauron. Sauron. So there's one more that I can think of. And hopefully you'll get this. If you get this, because the rest were you kind of got pretty easy. But is this one you did? Yeah. Oh shoot. Um. What did they do, or they, like what are they known for? Um. They led an army, and they pretty much defeated Morgoth. Oh, is this a? Oh, I can't remember the name, but it's the one you said that. Um, Sauron asked for pity. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's the first letter of his name? E. Eendil? Nope. Eendil. Ewenado. Ewenado. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's an interesting one. Uh, I don't know. Eanwe. Eanwe. Yeah. Dang. Kind of like Manwe. Yeah. Because he's Manwe's servant. Yeah. Okay. What's yours? Okay. So this one was supposed to be my easiest one, but then you... you uh, read the answer to my the one. So this one is oh. this one should be easier than that. The originally nine high ones. Who was the high one that was taken out to make it eight? Yeah, Melkor. Yep. Yeah. No, okay. Morgoth. Well, <laughs> I'm just geez. kidding. <laughs> okay, my third question. Other than Tolkis, who does Melkor slash Morgoth fear in battle the most of the Valar? Not just in general, but in battle. In battle, the most of the Valar. Um. Other than Tolkis. Uh, so it wouldn't be Manwe, no. Because but he fears him. Um, Orme, is it Orme? Yep. Oh, nice, Orme, dude. Orme, gourmet, Orme, gourmet, Orme. That's what his wife says when 
He's looking real good. Nice. Is that some Orme or Gourmet Orme? <laughs> That's <laughs> some Orme Gourmet. <laughs> um, okay, my last one. Who is ranked the least of the Valar? Hmm. Do you want a hint? No. Okay. I'm You're gonna get, not I'm gonna getting get this. one. It's Vire's the Weaver, Estes the Healer. It's not Nessa. Is it Vana? No. Is it Nessa then? It's Nessa. Ah, it was between those. T- I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they're sisters. Yeah. That was sisters. good though. Oh, so close. So close. Gosh. Sis- dude. Oh, what the freak? I have a few fun questions. Wow, not, dude. For what? Me? Not, not trivia. Oh. Just fun questions. Like, okay. Out of the Valar, who is your favorite? Um, I like Tolkis. Well, okay. I like Tolkis because he's just like a dumb, strong guy. Jock. He's a jock. He's moose. Um, I do like Mandos because he's Mandos like, is sick. Mandos, I like Mandos. but I also like uh, um, his brother, um, Irmo, Irmo, Lorian, because of the garden. Yeah, yeah he's pretty cool too. But you know, Manwe, he's a cool guy, yeah, cool guy. Um, Yavanna, cool girl. Okay, so what's your favorite? <laughs> My favorite is probably uh, Irmo. Okay, because of the garden, Lorian, nice. Okay, my, what about you? My, I'll ask yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> Mine you? is Orome. Orome. Uh, oh, you said that at the start yeah. of the podcast. Hunter, he's Gatherer. loves loves trees. Mm. <laughs> Gatherer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he loves trees. <laughs> he's got a sick horse. He's got a cool horn. He's a hunter mm-hmm. of monsters. That's sick. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Morgoth fears him the most other than Tolkas in battle. So that's pretty, pretty, pretty sick. Pretty rad. Yeah, he's one of the most powerful. So that's pretty freaking cool. Pretty, pretty freaking cool, man. Pretty freaking now, rad. Out of the Maiar, who is your favorite? Um, I do like Radagast because he's just yeah, a dude. That's a good one. Um, I do like um, I do like the Aryan and Tilian because of the sun and moon. Probably mm-hmm. Tilian more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably Radagast or Tilian. What about you? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a toss up. I do. Hmm. I do like Melian a lot. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also thinking about like the servants of Almo because I really like Almo as well. He's probably like my second favorite. Yeah. Of the Vala, but I don't know. I I want to say Ase. He's pretty cool, but I don't know. It's between Melian and Ase. Let me think. Let me think, dude. Do it. Do it, Dan. Thank I'm gonna say Ase. He just Ase. he just seems like he's got That's more raw, awesome. raw power. Raw power. I don't know. It's about drive. It's about power. <laughs> But drive, but power. We stay hungry. We devour. <laughs> Put in the work. Put in the hours. Are we gonna take, take what's, what's ours? Hours. Yeah. Like um, some in my veins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I've got a few more questions. Okay. Do you ever? Do you ever think? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> do you think Tom Bombadil was ever a Maiar or Valar? Um, we've talked about this. Yeah, one. we have an episode I, about it, but I just want to uh, reiterate. No. I just want to iterate. Oh, wait. No, I do think that. I don't think he was Eru Luvatar like some people think. Yeah. I do think he obviously has powers that the regular, like, elves and men and dwarves and those beings don't have. Yeah. And it would make sense that he would be a Maiar. I don't know if he'd be... I don't think he's a Valar. I think he would be a Maiar. But he's also so powerful he could be a Valar. Yeah, I think, honestly, I know one of the theories I really like is that he's, like, a like kind of the incarnate form of the music of Ainur. Oh, that's interesting. Like the good parts, mm-hmm. whereas Ungoliant is like the 
the bad parts. The bad parts. Yeah. Because um, there's also no explanation to what she is. And so that's one of my favorite theories. But also, the more I think about it, I'm like, well, there's also like there were a ton of Maiar that came to Earth, but then they just kind of became forgotten. Yeah. You know? But then it's also why is he so important? Because Gandalf wants to have a conversation with him at the end of Lord of the Rings. Like yeah. He's very, so I don't know. I think I'm leaning more towards Maiar because if he was a Valar, there's only eight of them. I feel like Tolkien would have mentioned it. Right. It yeah. would. It would. Wouldn't it make sense for him to just not mention Tom Bombadil. Yeah. But it would make more sense if he was a Maiar to not mention him. Yeah. So I already talked about Ungoliant a little bit, but what about Shelob? Would she be considered Maiar? Probably. I feel like if we're gonna say uh tom is a meyer uh she loved yeah she, she might have been like a fallen spirit like ungoliant yeah. first obviously but then she late, she, she loved later dude. um what about the great eagles do you think they're considered Maiar? uh no i don't think so because um well okay they serve monway yeah so maybe but like if i don't know because they because like i kind of compare them to um uh, what is it? uh the ents and stuff yeah just in ents aren't uh Maiar. they're just the servants of yeah Manway. yeah they're just a a type of being yeah so i feel like they're just very powerful birds yeah i think somewhere in the Silmarillion too it says that monway like he basically put spirits into the great eagles so they are yeah. they are obviously intelligent and all that sort of stuff but they're not Maiar. they're just very intelligent eagles basically i think it would be kind of like how um the dwarves were created they're not they were created i mean i guess manway didn't create the el or the yeah, eagles. Well, no now that you mention it though the dwarves are basically the servants of Aule. yeah and so it's the same way i guess with um ants and eagles yeah, yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. and i don't know almo probably has mermaids yeah that'd be cool. <laughs> or you know like why didn't they do the, instead of okay I got a question for you. Uh, so you know how people... So obviously people with Lord of the Rings, us combined, are very like defensive about what... Like when they create the... When they made Rings of Power, they changed a lot of stuff. Yeah. And not everybody's a big fan of that. I guarantee there's more... I, f- I bet more people don't know that there could be mermaids in Lord of the Rings than do know. Yeah. Because it's not a very known fact. <clears throat> if the Rings of Power, or if they created a TV show or movie or something that focused on mermaids in Lord of the Rings, do you think the fan base would be upset about it? Yeah. Or would they like it? Well, I think they would mainly be upset about it because it's like there's no... Like, if that's, like, the focus, right? Yeah. Because there's no stories, really, about it. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, why are they making the whole show or whatever just about mermaids? But... They would also be mad, like, why are they putting mermaids in there? But, yeah, yeah there could be mermaids per it's the tough, old dude. mythology. Also, the sea serpent in the Rings of Power Season 1 as well, I think a lot of people were like, well, what the heck, like a sea serpent? Like, is that even in any of the books? Mm-hmm. Tolkien does mention there being, like, sea worms, basically, and those are sea Ew, serpents. Uh... So, um, or, like, what are they called? Like, dragonfish or something like that. Yeah, that's why he called them dragonfish. But, yeah, so... Technically, Tolkien did include sea serpents in his mythology. There's just like an older version of it. So there yeah. is a good possibility that there could be mermaids. And I wouldn't be that upset about it. I'd okay. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Interesting. <clears throat> well, do you want to, do you have more questions? No. Okay, let's move on to Middle Earth Current Events. 
welcome. Sorry, do you want to? Let's do it at the same time. <laughs> Ready? One, two, three. Welcome, welcome to, to Middle, Middle Earth Current, current events. events. This, this is Current Events on This Earth pertaining to Middle Earth. Earth. I didn't Grant know. Grant has... We, I'm not going to do mine because I looked into it. It's not very important. I have one wee... Grant has one wee little bit. I have one wee little bit of information. Yeah. Give it's it to probably, us. It's probably old news at this point because we release our podcast like a week later. So Give it to us raw. Give it, I'll give it to you raw. <laughs> uh, the, Swing! <laughs> the rare one-of-a-kind The One Ring card from Magic the Gathering, Lord of the Rings set, has been found. The owner was a... Let's go! Okay. Just can't interrupt me like <laughs> Sorry. that. Sorry, my bad, my uh, bad. The owner, <laughs> I'm gonna talk like a radio, okay, like a radio person, or I don't know, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the owner was aware of its value and rarity, and immediately put it into the protective casing and sent it to get ath- authenticated. Authent- authenticated. 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 It has a value of over two million. Wow. So basically, that person got rich overnight. Swing, swing, unless ching, swing, <laughs> unless they were already rich. In which already case, rich, even more rich, even more rich, even more rich. You know how people say I'm a I'm a cent richer or something like that when they you know yeah. whatever just kind of just funny things like that. Yeah, this person can say yeah I'm just two million dollars richer. No yeah. big deal. Um, but you know I think it's kind of interesting. The one ring card can have the same effect. As the one ring uh, with makes them greedy greed. and like, oh, I got all this money. I don't know. If I the want person, the ring for myself, for yeah. myself. I don't know why we think the person who got the ring is English or British because we both <laughs> did a British accent. <laughs> I, <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> I want the ring for myself. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Thanks. Hopefully it doesn't have the same effect as the one ring yeah. did on Middle Earth. I've got more trivia that I found on okay. a website. Um, okay. I'm going to just do some. It's 25 questions, so we'll go back and forth. Um, I'm just going to answer for myself, but I'll read it aloud, too. Okay. Uh, first question goes to you. Who made the Silmarils? Iluvatar, Morgoth. We're going to just do rapid, okay? Okay. Better get it. Who made the Silmarils? Iluvatar, Morgoth, Feanor, Sauron, Elendil. Feanor. Fe- <laughs> Feanor. Feanor. Yeah, I, you, I said I heard Sauron as I was yeah. singing Feanor. Okay, who is... This is my question. Okay. Who is Baron in love with? Luthien, Galadriel, uh, Arwen, Yvanna, Nyanna, <laughs> Luthien. Hey. Okay, your question. To whom did Feanor give the name Morgoth? Melkor. <laughs> wow, no need for the no multiple need. choice. Aragorn was later known as... This is my question. Yeah, okay. King Thingol, King Elendil, King Arathorn, King Elisar, King Menegroth. <laughs> Which King one? Menegroth. King Elisar. Eomer is the son of Eothorn, Theoden, Eamon, Theodore, Denethor. Uh, Theoden or Denethor? You... Theoden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That'll okay. be my tr- tactic is to say it really quick and see which one you go. Yeah, two. <laughs> okay. Uh, my question. What is the name of the innkeeper at the Prancing Pony? Easy. Bulger. Bree. Bulgerton. <laughs> Butterbur. Breeman. Bulgerton. <laughs> Breeman. Butterbur. Uh, your question. Who killed Smaug? Gandalf, Bard, Bilbo, Thingle, Bjorn. Uh, Bilbo. Nope. Wait, say it again. Nope. I'm going to go. I'm nope. going to pick Bilbo. <laughs> Is it Bilbo? Gandalf, Bard, Bilbo, Thingle, Bjorn. Bard. Ah, Bard. So dumb. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Bilbo. Baggins. In the Hobbit, whose home does Bilbo stay at in the chapter Queer Lodgings? Oh, sorry. We censored that. Watch your profanity. Uh, Bard, Thorin, Elrond, Bjorn, Fatty. <laughs> it's Bjorn. Um, fatty. Your dude. question. How many, how many dwarfs did Bilbo travel with in the Hobbit? 13, 12, 10, 7, 9. 12. Yes. 
<laughs> well, I mean, we'll find out later. But. Okay. In what town is Smaug slain? Watertown, Rivertown, Hobbiton, Lake Town, Rivendell. Which one? That's you question. Lake Town, yeah. Yeah. What is not the answer to <laughs> any of the riddles of in the dark? Okay. Okay, ready? Give me the answer. Dark. An egg, fish, the moon, or time? Is it dark? Dark is what I'm going with. Okay. I don't remember any of them. I remember the egg in time. In the m- oh, wait. I know what it is, but I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Is it the moon then? <laughs> yeah. Dang. Switch it. My answer. Switch my answer. <laughs> I don't know why I gave that away. In what mountain does Smog live? Mount Doom. The mountain. What the heck? These are all Hobbit questions. The mount- No, they, it progresses because remember the beginning was oh. Silmarillion. Oh. Um, in what mountain does Smog live? Mount Doom. The mountain of mist. The gray mountain. <laughs> the mountain of shadow. The lonely mountain. Oh, I know what it is. Uh, your question. Whose sword did Isildur take and used to cut the ring of power from the hand of Sauron, Gilgalad, Anarion, Elendil, Elrond, Eärendil? Uh, ooh. The Shards of Narsil. You want to say it again? Yes, yeah, Shards of Narsil. Gilgalad, Anarion, Elendil, Elrond, Eärendil. Eärendil. I don't think Who wielded right. the black sword? Maeglin, Turin, Feanor, Fingolf, and Sauron. It's Turin. Turin. Mormegil, the black sword. Who was slain by Morgoth? Fingolfin, Elendil, Gilgalad, Isildur, and Tuor. Uh, by Morgoth? Yeah. Uh, Fingolfin. Nope. Yep. <laughs> yep. <Just> Final answer. <laughs> Final who, killed, who killed Glorfindel? A Balrog, Sauron, Karkaroth, the Nazgul, or Urukai? This is my question, by the way. Okay. Balrog. <laughs> Of these characters, who would be considered... Wait, is this my question? Yes. Okay. Of these characters, who would be considered an Astari? Manwe, Iluvatar, Melkor, Gildor, Saruman. Saruman. I felt like that was an easy one. Easy peasy, give me a squeezy, dude. Who has never wielded a ring of... I feel like I'm hearing noises. Oh, I'm opening this with my foot. (laughs) Who who has never... This is my question, right? Okay. Right? Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. (laughs) Who has never wielded a ring of power? Gandalf, Elrond, Sam, Morgoth, Smeagol. Who? Morgoth. Morgoth. Which is not the name of a known sword in Middle Earth? Glamdring, Mablung, Orcrist, Sting, and Enduril. This is yours. Uh, Enduril? What did Is that you- wrong? Is <laughs> <laughs> the second one then? What I'm, was the second I'm option? I'm not going to say. It was the second I'm one. Not, that was Umdring I've, or whatever. I've, I've <laughs> Umdring. What was the word? <laughs> I've moved on. No, go back and change it to <laughs> Umdring. <laughs> There's no Umdring. What's the second one? There's Glamdring, Mablung, Orcrist. Mablung. Sting. Okay. Mablung is my answer. I knew the other ones. <laughs> I gotta stop giving you second chances. Umdring. What did Gimli ask Galadriel for? Her oh, <laughs> <laughs> a mithril coat, a lock of her hair, a kiss, the star of Arendil, a Lorien axe. It was a lock of. Swing. I almost put down a kiss though. <laughs> uh, who saved Eowyn from the Lord of the Nazgul by stabbing him in the back of the knee? Aragorn, Theoden, Meomer, Eomer, Merry or Pippin? Oh, it's Merry or Pippin. Which one I'm going with? They spelled Pippin like Scotty Pippin. Oh, I was going to go with Pippin. Yes, yes, Pippin. Nope. (laughs) I'm trying to visualize which one. What is the mark of Saruman? It's Pippin. A black sword, a lidless eye, a white hand, a golden dragon, a red fang. Or D's. D's nuts. (laughs) I got it. It's a, wow, dude. It's a lidless eye. Who killed Saruman? Gandalf, Wormtongue, Aragorn, Frodo, Eomer. Uh, killed Wormtongue? Yeah. Name it or do <laughs> no, it. No, who killed Saruman? Oh, I was like, who killed Saruman? Wormtongue did. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> who was who was never a king? Strider, Thingol, Denethor, Eomer, and Dane. 
Oh, this is mine. Yeah. I know who it is. <laughs> Say it then. Denethor. Yeah. Who stole a Silmaril from Morgoth's crown? Oh my gosh, this thing keeps moving. Who stole Silmaril from Morgoth's crown and was later slain by Wolf of Angband? Feanor, Eärendil, Glorfindel, Baron, Turin. Baron. 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 Baron, these nuts. Baron. Myglin betrayed what city? <laughs> <laughs> Glen betrayed what wow, city to Morgoth? Dude. Valinor, Minas Tirith. Oh my gosh, this page keeps moving every time Minas an ad. Tirith. An ad pops up, the page moves down. Minas Tirith, Gondolin, Doriath, Osgiliath. It was Gondolin. Gondolin. Was what was nuts. not the name of a troll in The Hobbit? William, Fred, Bert, and Tom. Uh, Fred. Yes. Okay. What? Every time you're silent, I'm like, shoot, I got it wrong. <laughs> what was the name of a dwarf that traveled with Bilbo and the Hobbit? I said traveled. <laughs> traveled with Bilbo and the Hobbit. Ori, Biffer, Balin, Nilly, and Killy. It's obviously Nilly. Anilly, Anilly, Anilly. Um, which member of the Fellowship of the Ring was not in the Hobbit? Nor was he directly related to anyone in it. Boromir, Strider. Gandalf, Frodo, or Gimli? Oh, uh, which one was not in the Hobbit? Yeah, Boromir. Yeah. And then my question is the last one, but you can also answer as well, so we can do it together. Okay. What is the name of the Lord of Balrogs and Slayer of Feanor? Mablung, Gothmog, Angband, Karkaroth, or Let's Balbear? say that at the same time. Three, one, two, two, one. <laughs> Gothmog. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay, dude. <laughs> How much do we get? Yeah! 25 of 30 questions correct. You are a mighty Valar. Oh. <laughs> if you didn't cheat by looking up the answers, then you are the ultimate J.R.R. Tolkien fan. I want to see. I what bet five of them are mine. I want to see what Can you not see? we got right, though. Oh, damn. Yeah. You know what? I want to. We can just not worry about it. Well, I want to see. <laughs> no, I want to I see. Too bad, man. I'm going to go back. I know we got Gothmog, we got Boromir, we got Nilly, right? We got Fred. It was William Burton Tom, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was Gondolin. It was Baron for sure. It was Denifer for sure. He was never king. He was never king. He was never king. Oh. Who killed Saruman? It was Wormtongue. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. What is the mark of Saruman? This Saruman. Ooh, oh, the hand. I. That's not booing you. That's booing. Uh, no, that definitely was me. Okay. That was me. It was a white wow, hand. I dude. read it. I was going fast. I read it as Sauron, yeah, so I said okay. blue this eye. Um, it was Mary, not Pippin. Shoot. Oh, and that just popped up in my way. Wow, dude. Um, a lock of her hair is correct. Moblung is correct. Moblung is an elf of Doriath. Morgoth never wielded a ring of power. That is correct. Saruman is an Astari. Yep. Who killed Glorfindel? A Balrog a did. Balrog. Who was slain by Morgoth? Fingolfin in a little battle. A little who wielded the black sword? It was Torin. Torin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whose sword did Isildur? It was not Arendil. It was Elendil. You were close. They sound like oh. Um, Lonely Mountain was correct. The moon is correct because I'm pretty sure dark was one of them an egg, fish, and time. Yeah. The moon. Uh, Lake Town is obviously correct. 12 dwarves because, wait. Is it 13? I'll Google Let it. Let me think about it. Yeah, it is 13 because he was the lucky <sighs> number. Oh, I, yeah. I was going to no! guess 12 too. It was. No! It was definitely Bjorn. It was definitely Bard. Um, oh. But it was definitely Butterbur. It was definitely Theoden. No. Oh. Eobar no! is not the son of Theoden. He's the nephew of Theoden. It's 
Oh my gosh. Eomund. <sighs> I forgot about that. Um, we, we both would have got that wrong. King Elisar is correct. Melkor is correct. Luthien is correct. And Feanor is correct. Now let's grade it and see. 30 for 30. This is ESPN. We're getting 30 for 30. Now, yeah, we got 30 for 30, right? Nice. So actually, you got three of them wrong, and I got two of them wrong. Uh, so. Wow, dude. Wow, dudes. It was both of our faults. It was both of It was both of these uh, faults. Other categories are. <laughs> are we, we're, we're, this is a long episode. We don't have to do more trivia. Taylor Swift trivia. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, we can <laughs> we'd be done. I'll do this in my own time. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, we'll see you guys for the next episode. Bye. See you later. Goodbye. See you later.